Welcome to Experience Junkies. On this show, I spotlight meeting and event professionals, global travelers, jet setters, and more to relive the moments we never want to forget. More importantly, we'll attempt as best we can to transport listeners to transformational points in our lives, sharing our observations and emotions behind these stories. By diving into the indelible impact these experiences have had on us, we decode small takeaways about how to be better humans than we were yesterday. Hello, experience junkies. On today's episode, I have Stacy Newman-Weldon, who is an advocate for living life on your own terms and teaches women how to go from woe is me to wow is me. In this conversation, we dive into how her first Burning Man experience changed her life. Stacy is now a lifelong burner and we talk all about the Burning Man community, what the experience is, how it's curated, and what makes it so special. So sit back, relax, and take a listen to my conversation with Stacy Newman-Weldon all about how Burning Man brought color into her life. Welcome back to the Experience Junkies podcast. Today I am joined by Stacy Newman-Weldon, and I'm really excited for our conversation because Stacy is what we might call a subject matter expert in the area of Burning Man. So for any of you who aren't aware of what Burning Man is, or maybe you've heard of it and just are kind of, you know, uh, uh, overwhelmed by the mystique of this event, um, she'll break it down for us really in detail and kind of give us an insider's view of the Burning Man experience and the Burning Man community. So I'm really excited. Thank you for joining me today, Stacey. Hi, Diana. It's great to be here. Wonderful. So before we kick off, tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, my name is Stacy Newman-Weldon, and I am an adventure mindset guru with a company called Adventure Wednesdays. I like to uh, help shift women's attitudes from woe is me to wow is me by helping them to rediscover how to play and have fun again. And I do that, you know, they don't have to do it through massive adventures. It's start with that first baby step and see where it takes you. And in my case, it started with just going out the office one day and taking a route home and ended up having gone to Burning Man eight times. <laughs> wow. What what a long journey, or not long journey, but what, you know, starting from A and definitely ending up at Z. And that's really, uh, it's really interesting how you said taking women from woe is me to wow is me. But I think that's just like, the essential living of joie de vie, right? Like just the joy of life and joy of living and and trying to find, you know, the happiness and gratitude in every day, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so I try to help them do that by taking themselves out on adventures and trying new things or trying familiar things in new ways because when you shift out of that rut, everything changes. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's interesting. So if you're watching the YouTube episode, our visual episode, you can see Stacy is not just colorful in personality, but she's colorful on the outside. She's got some blue hair. She's wearing a blue scarf. She's got purple <laughs> glasses. And I kind of match her today with my purple glasses and my blue <laughs> dress. But that really wasn't your life pre going to Burning Man for the first time, Stacy. So can you kind of set the scene for who you were and kind of what your everyday experience was before your first Burning Man um, event. Oh, sure. Well, back then I, you know, well, I am, you know, I'm divorced and I have two grown sons 
and I guess going back eight eight years now, I'm trying to remember eight years, yeah, they were still in their teens. So you know, it was one of those you know mom of teens, and I I was a high powered advertising sales representative selling advertising in major magazines and media in New York City. And, you know, I had the closet full of black shoes and, you know, the standard black outfits that, that it often, uh, you know, associate with New Yorkers. Right. And it was a very, you know, commute into the city, go to work, commute back, do things for the boys and, you know, whatever they were involved with. And mm. my first time going to Burning Man, I was still working in the corporate world. Actually, for Weight Watchers, they had a media division at the time. They had a magazine and, and website that they sold adver had advertising in, uh, and they don't anymore, but that's another story. So my first burn was actually 2014. So I have been, you know, you could say this is my eighth year, ninth year. No, I can't even remember because, because of the two that were only mm -hmm. virtual. It doesn't really count. And yes, life has definitely shifted since then. In 2016, over the years, I, I did start my like Adventure Wednesdays as a blog to to you know sort of keep track of all the adventures I've been having through Adventure Wednesdays, and mm -hmm. I you know you can't really make a, whole, a living off of a blog unless you started that back in 2006, and I hadn't so. Um, right. But I loved writing my stories and sharing them with with people. And yes, I've written about Burning Man a few times. And in 2016, I was downsized from my last corporate job. And I think of the 110 people downsized that day, I was the happiest because I didn't want to be in this corporate job anymore. And I wanted to, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be more creative and get out there. And the thing that about Burning Man was it just introduced me to such a variety of people beyond my little sphere. Mm -hmm. It was almost like, like all of a sudden color was introduced into my wardrobe, you know, not just colorful hair that the blue hair, the full on blue hair came after my corporate world. <laughs> Yeah, um, absolutely. So that's who I, yes, that's who I was before. I was basically a corporate wonk living the commuter life. Mm -hmm. And even though it was good at the time, life is way more fun now. And since then, yeah, I think some, yeah, I think some people that, that are experiencing that rut, definitely pre-pandemic, during pandemic, you know, with the great resignation, great week reawakening. I'm sure some of the listeners probably identify with where you felt because like you said, when you were laid off, it was forcing you into something that you actually wanted to do. So kind of talk about, you know, once that layoff happened, you know, what was next? You know, what, how did you feel? You said you felt excited essentially <laughs> that you got freedom, but then what was the first step after that? Actually, the very first step was I called my girlfriend who is also a burner and she and her friends and mm -hmm. family would take an RV and drive across country and they had been looking for another driver. So I called her up and I said, hey, do you still need somebody? I'm available. I actually yeah. got to take my first RV trip across the country, which uh, inspired the dream to want to become a, a digital nomad and be able to see more of America because I really, you know, I've mm -hmm. traveled Europe, I've traveled, you know, 
um, South America and the Caribbean, but I haven't really seen so much of America, or at least at that point I hadn't. And so traveling by RV across right. the country was astounding. And I got to be at Burning Man for the full experience because it's eight days in the mm -hmm. desert of Nevada, the event, but it's like goes from flat lake bed desert, nothing to a city of 70,000 highly creative people. And I mean, it's a yeah. city. It has roads, it has infrastructure, it has rows of porta potties, it has water, it has, you know, everything. But it takes people to build that city. And so I got to go for build week for my first Absolutely. time and help build my, you know, the camp I stayed with, which was a large theme camp with like over 200 people and and a tremendous interactive um what we call frontage and i also got to stay afterwards so i got to see go you know from nothing to built up to the event to mm -hmm. it being taken apart and it was tremendous it was just tremendous and i think that just really awakened the creative person in me because burning man really encourages you to be a doer and participate yeah. And I wanted to do more. I was encouraged. And I, you know, since those times, I've become a registered artist at Burning Man and participated in it in a lot of different different ways and different levels. So let's take a step back. So we've kind of talked about where you were before your first one and kind of how it impacted you. But if you had to describe the Burning Man experience to, let's say, your grandma or a five-year-old kid what is Burning Man? Why, what makes people, 70,000 people flock to the desert in the middle of nowhere in the U.S.? <laughs> well, the stories would be different for grandma than, than um, a five-year-old. Because for a five-year-old, you would just say, <laughs> imagine the craziest playground for grown-ups. And that's what you have mm. because that's really, it has been described as a playground because everybody gets to go out there and when you when you're in a state of play you are opening to wonder and magic and your creativity and your true self type of things um and yeah. you're encouraged to, to participate that way so for a five-year-old they'll get it like oh wow that'd be great and when mm -hmm. it comes to describing it to my grandma I will admit my first year i called her up there was um somebody who was offering free phone calls from the desert and I, mm -hmm. and I, the only person mm -hmm. I could think to call was my grandma. And I'm like, hey, oh. Grammy, I'm in the middle of the desert <laughs> wearing a tutu, you know? And she's like, oh, let me tell you the stories about when I wore a tutu and I made my boyfriend wear, <laughs> you know, like she wore a, a tux and made him wear a tutu. And it just brought out oh, like- Oh, wow. Grandma was kind of ahead of the, the trends there doing oh. that back in the day. Actually, this is when she was in her 80s. So, you know, she's, yeah. Oh, wow. Has, what a fun grandma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was uh, amazing. And I, I often think I inherited an adventure gene from her. But um, so describing it to grandma, you have to be careful what grandma you're talking about. <laughs> but mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. if you want to talk, you know, in general, when you talk, when I talk about it, I love to really say it's like it's a temporary community of 70,000 highly individual creative people because everybody goes there wanting to express a different side. You know, part of the culture is wearing costumes, you know, or, mm -hmm. or wearing artistic outfits or, 
you know, some people wear none, none at all, and that's expressing themselves. And some people wear just work clothes because that's what yeah. they like to do. But it is it's expressing a side of you that often you don't get to do other places. And for me, it was definitely a, a new range of, of clothing that was not in my closet for, for my, my day job. So that's how I, I usually say it because the art there, for me, it's about the art. For other people, it's about the party. And for some people, it's just about the harshness of camping for in the desert. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of different things for the different people that come there. And it's different from being a festival, which is curated by the, the organization putting it together, whereas Burning Man is an event and, and attendees bring the entertainment. So they come with the idea they're going to gift something. They're going to gift their time. They're going to give their, yeah. you know, voice of, for singing or telling stories. They're going to create humongous art installations. And some of the art out there is mm -hmm. huge. I mean, it's just huge because also in the desert perspective is just wonky. So even though it, you know, yeah. something is four stories tall from a distance, it all, it looks like, you know, teeny weeny. <laughs> uh, so it's, it just, you know, you just walk around in, in awe at all the different art that is there. And Burning Man encourages it to have art at all the levels. So they have stages people can speak at and sing on or whatever they want. And they mm -hmm. allow, you know, and everybody can put art in their camp or they can create these tremendous installations. So I have done several. One of the things that was for me, I was not a good public speaker. I can... Being in sales, I, I was great at say, you know talking one on one or to smaller groups, but getting up on a stage was nerve wracking for me. And at Burning Man, I got to practice getting up on a stage and giving a speech. I gave a speech about adventure, which I know, but I'm like all of a sudden I'm looking at all these adventurous people and I'm like, oh my god! But I did it and I got applause and I was Your like, adventure oh my god. may be tame. Well, yeah, it, yeah it, you're thinking got, your adventure may be tame compared to theirs. Yeah, but I was able to over, you know, face my fear and have fun, and that's part of what adventure is about: is taking the risk and doing it anyway, and not being concerned about what the outcome is. And for me, the outcome I thought I was just going to be like nobody, you know, people would not show up or go away. But I got people coming up and hugging me and say, "I'm just mm -hmm. like you," you know. I was like, "Wow," you know. Oh, wow. So that's that's what's so great is that you can push your limits or you can test new parts and then it it does change you because like I now can talk, you know, to strangers on an easy basis and I know I can get up on a stage yeah. if I need to and just not panic like I used to. Yeah, um it was interesting how you're talking about I'm I'm so glad that you touched on the fact that the difference between Burning Man and maybe other festivals that people may be thinking of it as a festival is that it is curated by the attendees. But, you know, I come from the event side of things. So as an event organizer, I look at it and I think, well, how do you plan for this thing? Uh, how do you create this space, create this environment so that there are some kind of like rules or boundaries, if you will, but everyone's coming to the desert and they're going to build the experience that we consume together. So can you kind of talk about kind of how the organizers give you guys information as attendees and kind of set those kind of, I don't know to say, the parameters. Um, and then as an attendee, as you're uh, planning to go and build your camp and what that looks like prepping uh, for Burning Man. 
There have been books and books written about all this. <laughs> so I'll try and keep it short. <laughs> there is an organization, the Burning Man Org, actually, um, that mm -hmm. works year round to fundraise, to get the ticket set up. Because it's a city, they, they have to be arranging with, you know, to get volunteers to be the DPW, which is, you know, they mm -hmm. actually have a Department of Public Works that take care of the streets yeah. and create the signs and mm -hmm. um, map it all. Because when they show up, you know, like three months ahead of the event, it is a flat, there's a nothing desert. So they put in a spike yeah. and then radiate it out from there and lay it all out. So they have, mm -hmm. you know, teams of volunteers doing that. And then there's teams of volunteers handling. There is a center camp that sells coffee. And I think this year it might not sell coffee. Anyway, mm -hmm. okay. and years ago when it started, because Burning Man started, I think like 35 years ago at this point as a bonfire on the beach in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And then it grew and grew and then had to move to the desert because it couldn't be at the beach anymore. Um, and it grew and grew from there. But because of, you know, events and, and life happening, they started creating what they call the 10 principles. You're going to test me with remembering every single one, but it's like leave no trace. It's a gifting economy, radical inclusion, participation. Now, look, I've only named four. Anyway, they have 10 principles that are like guidelines to help you get along in this community. And they do... Yeah warn you that you have to be prepared because of the leave no trace you have to bring everything in that you're going to need for the week and you have to bring everything out so you look like you haven't been there yeah that means mm -hmm. you know they have a whole thing called mooping which is matter out of place so you have to pick up after yourself mm -hmm. so even if you're you know if you're a smoker and you've ashes those ashes are not naturally found on that desert so you have to make sure you keep your ashes yeah. like in a tin um mm -hmm. you don't wear you know, you learn not to wear sequins because sequins will fall off your outfit when you're not paying attention. Okay. So, you know, or glitter, you know, people will wear glitter, but glitter mm -hmm. falls on the ground. So there are, and there are communities that have sprung up everywhere. I mean, that help support people who have never been there before. And in fact, when I was in New York mm -hmm. City, I created an event with um, my friend Bobby, specifically for new newcomers newbies you know who had never gone before to help them answer all the questions i mean yes the first part you, you yeah. start at is the burning man website because it really does give a really good overview but there's always going to be questions mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. when you're preparing like the 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 events for introducing new people to the community and how to get prepared start in january because it does take time. Um, when you're coming from New York, it's, you know, you have to get, not just get tickets because you're in competition with 70,000 other people to get those tickets. And there's probably hundreds of thousands yeah. of people that want to go. And then you also have to pack everything you need. And coming from the East Coast, you have to get, basically, mm -hmm. it'll, it, the average person has like two and a half bins, those, those yellow yellow top black bins that you see like at Home Depot or wherever you fill them yeah. with with food with well you buy water when you get out to Reno but you know warm gear because it can get cold in the desert uh, summer gear because mm -hmm. it can be really really hot 
you have to have good shoes because the alkaline dust of the the desert is not good for your feet. You have to have masks because they're dust storms. You have to have goggles and sunglasses because of the dust storms and the sun. Uh, you know, so you have to bring all that stuff in and getting it. And, and then, of course, your costumes. You know, you have to have a tutu for Tutu Tuesday. Right. And, you know, you want to have and a lot of people wear like faux fur coats at night to keep warm. And then also you have mm-hmm. to, because there are no natural street lights, you have to be lit up so that you don't get run over by yeah. what they call mutant art, mutant vehicles. There are these people who have converted RVs and cars into art that drive around at five miles an oh. hour. It's really, it, yeah. if you ever go online and search mutant vehicles, Burning Man, you'll be surprised. My favorite is the Monaco, which was an RV mm-hmm. um, converted to look like a wooden sailing ship, from, a wooden Navy ship from 1778, I think they said. And I mean, oh, it's wow. got full rigging. I mean, it actually has sailed under natural wind power. But it's mm-hmm. tremendous. So that's what I mean. That's what people do. <laughs> you kind of mentioned uh, the community aspect, and mm-hmm. um, can you talk about the fact that there's smaller, like regional little, you know, burns as you will call them, for people that might be either overwhelmed by the idea of going all the way to the desert for their first one, or just want to kind of test the water before, you know, going uh, to, you know, the big overall Burning Man. Can you talk about what those kind of regional communities look like and how they operate? Oh, definitely. Burning Man has over 400 regional burns in almost every single country around the world. They may be small, but there Mm -hmm. are there. Japan has them. China has them. I remember meeting somebody who started one up in Argentina. The bigger one the second biggest one is uh, in Israel, and the mm-hmm. third biggest one is in Africa, Africa Burn. So they are everywhere. They are also in every single state, and sometimes some states have multiple. What they call them? They call them regional because to be a Burning Man regional, you fall, you follow the ten guidelines, the ten principles of leave no trace and participation and all that. And it's usually camping somewhere you know, local where people can do their own art installations and have dance parties and all that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the way to find it is you can go on the Burning Man website and there is a place that will show you where the, you know, you plug in your state and it'll show you what the regionals are to get in touch with them. I know there's one in Connecticut, you know, there was one recently down in Florida called the Love Burn and it was on one of the keys and mm. I am here in Oregon and Oregon um, actually connects with the Seattle crew. And there's one called soak, you know, which because the Pacific Northwest is mm-hmm. so wet, they call it soak. There's one in San Diego called utopia. Um, Y O U topia. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to, and, and the Midwest has one, Texas has one. You know, I'm just thinking of the ones recently that I, I have friends who have gone. I just haven't haven't attended the the regionals um, around here. There was one in Washington D.C. Yeah. where I exhibited my um, art installation on the National Mall, and that happens in November. Mm-hmm. So yes. it is one way to to be involved, either to connect back with the community that you met at Burning Man in the desert or to be introduced because the ethos and the community is there and you start to Mm. meet people and connect with them on a whole different level 
than if you're just walking down the street or, you know, in a mom group. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, to be sure, I let you know, I do, I do we, belong to mom group. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny when we, when we met, you kind of mentioned that, you know, and, and at the beginning of this, this interview, you mentioned that, you know, you were this corporate suburban mom, you're like midlife, teenage kids, the first time you went. And what do you wish people realized about the community of Burning Man, like the people that attend these events? What I would like people to know about burners is that we're not all a bunch of stoners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> some of us, yeah. some of us do go and don't do any drugs at all. We just enjoy the artwork. I'm not going to speak for all mm-hmm. 70,000 people that show up. You know, there's plenty that, that go there and, you know, right. Silicon Valley is well known for, you know, going there to microdose and come up with the great new, next new app, you know, it's, it's part of their, their mantra to go, but it's really not all about that. So I guess that would be my, that's usually my biggest thing. The average age is our people in their thirties because I've looked, they've done census, mm-hmm. but yeah. There are a good percent that are 40 plus, 50 plus. Uh, I know a woman Mm -hmm. who, I know several women who went for their 70th birthday and loved it and have been back. So age is Mm -hmm. not, you know, because of the radical inclusion, people tend to be more open and accepting Mm -hmm. and uh, okay with alternative um, points of view. And they try to not other people you know what I, not other mm-hmm. um it's not like me against you it's like oh aren't you interesting let me learn more about you is the feeling i get yeah. and people often come back saying i had the most amazing you know i was stuck out by a piece of art in a dust storm and i met this you know person who's from another side of the world and we had the most intense conversation that happens on a regular basis and really that's yeah community mm-hmm. is huge and connection like that happens regularly it sounds like it's very much um a place where there's something for everyone and it's just a you know a safe space you know the space is open come as you are and find, you know, where you fit in, in the mix. So um, I really can appreciate that kind of open, you know, non-othering situation, as you mentioned it. Now, can you talk about, you know, you mentioned that you are now a registered artist, so congratulations, but how (laughs) has being in a community like that and attending, you know, Burning Man, you know, as a spectator, now that you are a registered artist, how has this experience impacted the art that you create? For me, I I think what it did was just opened up the ability to keep exploring. The art I created was at first it had a functional reason for existing and Mm -hmm. then it got to go be exist on its own outside of my camp Uh, because what I built were basically wooden benches that look like oversized taxi cabs. So it, you know, almost Mm. like iconic yellow checker taxi cabs because I was from New York and the camp yeah. I was with had a New York theme to it. So it, it coordinated really well with it, but it's allowed me to explore my creativity in you know, beyond the desert. Mm-hmm. So now I'm a freelance writer. I also inspire others to, you know, shift their outlook on life to try new things differently. And when I follow things that I'm interested in, I feel okay with that. I feel okay with that. So that's where, you know, the, participation part also 
it inspires you to do, not just sit back and watch mm-hmm. others do it, but to be a part of the whole fun. I mean, that, you know, you don't you don't really experience joy unless you're moving in a sense, you know, so participating and communicating and connecting with others and not just letting others do it for you. You know, you get to it's hard work, yeah. you know, but you get such a joy from the satisfaction of doing the work and you're doing it with other people. So it doesn't often feel like, you know, hard work, maybe sometimes in the moment because it can get hot <laughs> and you can get cranky if you don't drink enough water. Yeah. Yeah. It's inspired a lot of, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of other people get very inspired and that their creative side has grown. I knew a friend who, you know, my first impression of him was he was an uptight lawyer and he has, yeah. and he went to Burning Man and, you know, he also turned out to be a, a marathon runner and he would explore all the things. And he also became an artist. You know, he's now one of my closest yeah. friends, but, and no way, uh, you know, my, my vision of him has definitely changed, but he's now got, uh, he's submitted three pieces of art to have out on the thing or mm-hmm. to display at one of the regionals. So it just, it, it helps expand what you want to, to create. Yeah. It was interesting. Uh, when we met, uh, last week before this, this episode, you said something really kind of key. And I think you just kind of touched on that with your friend is that this experience, um, helped kind of uncover the real you. You were always there. It was always kind of underneath, but kind of, going out to the desert, you know, having this experience with all these strangers, you know, looking at these art installations and the people that you're meeting and just a really open, inclusive environment, it kind of broke away that outer all black everyday shell <laughs> and exposed the real Stacy that was inside. So it's probably the same um, with your friend. Um, yes. So yes. I have a, a lot conversation of conversation so mm-hmm. much, Stacy. I wanted to let you know one other thing that, um, their kids yeah. are allowed to go. You know, there is a whole camp for families called Kidville. So as a mom, mm-hmm. I don't know how important this is in your life, but um, it's not just 30-something-year-olds who are there to, you know, party in the desert. There is a whole camp with parents yeah. and kids and, you know, enjoying the big playground that is Burning Man. I so. love the idea of this essentially neighborhood and community that descends onto this place, you consume this time together, you create all these memories and then poof, it's gone. And then there's no, you know, like you said, no trace that that even (laughs) existed. So what a beautiful, what a beautiful description of what Burning Man (laughs) offers. Yes. And thank you for getting it so well. (laughs) I've really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I've enjoyed our conversation, Stacey. There's uh, one question that I ask all my guests, so hopefully it doesn't catch you off guard. But if you had to pick a song to either convey like your first Burning Man, um, being an artist at Burning Man, or just the lessons you've learned all these years, what would that song be and why? Okay. You caught somebody who is not musically inclined. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it can be a nursery rhyme, whatever, whatever strikes your fancy. (laughs) 
Well, the song that sort of pops into my head, and I don't even know the name, but it's like that. It's like probably a '60s song, and it's like ch 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 changes. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it Elvis? Uh, not Elvis. Um, Elton John. Ch 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 changes. I think so. Anyway, that yeah. it, because it changes people, and that's sort of what is running through my head. You know, when you go okay. there, the sound of Burning Man would probably be more like dubstep or EDM, but. No, mm-hmm. for me, it, it's uh, more free-flowing than that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Absolutely, I, I, absolutely. You're right. You, you caught me off guard. The the, the song thing is, is a challenge for me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find it. I'm sure we can look it up on our on Spotify, add it to our show playlist. Um, but I think you're right. I think it is Elton John Changes. So uh, we got the essence of what I <laughs> Um, now, before we sign off, Stacy, I do want you to let people know where they can find you and Adventure Wednesdays on the interwebs. Oh, all right. Well, my website is Adventure Wednesdays, plural, so there's an S, dot com. That's my website. And uh, I do have a lot of blogs, and one of the, the categories is Burning Man and Travel, if you want to learn more about Burning Man. I also have a Instagram and a Facebook uh, page, at Adventure Wednesdays. And in uh, on Facebook, I also have a Facebook group called Adventure Wednesdays Explorer Group. And what I do there is I try to, you know, help women inspire to go on, take themselves on adventure. So every Monday I offer a mini adventure idea. Mm-hmm. I offer thoughtful, insightful quotes and other, you know, whatever else pops up. Yeah. So that's where you find awesome. me. Awesome. Wonderful. We'll have all those links in the show notes so that guests can easily click click and find you. But thank you so much for this conversation. I think everyone that's listening is probably Googling Burning Man or Regional (laughs) Burning Man as we speak because you just paint such a beautiful picture of what the experience is. So thanks for joining us today, Stacey, and have a great rest of your day. Great. Thank you, Deanna, for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Experience Junkies podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify so that other listeners can find the show. Be sure to join our Discord channel. This is a great place for you to give feedback, talk with me, talk with our guests and other listeners, and share your experience junkie tales. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day.